is Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindenmark.com. Welcome to Danish Dynamite, episode 21. And given we've had 28 rounds of Superliga action, I'd say that's pretty good going. Before we start, a renewed thank you to everyone who's supported the show and the website by becoming a Patreon. If you haven't, it's not too late to join and you can do so for no more than a coffee a month. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash football in Denmark to sign up. On today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by a returning guest and someone who many people have asked me to bring back. He's the English face of TV3's football coverage in Denmark. It's your friend of mine, Liam Barker. Liam, welcome, mate. How is life treating you? Lovely, mate. Great to be back. Did you say it was episode 21? Yeah, you were on episode one. Yeah, epic. (laughs) You're doing something right, mate. Can't believe I doubted you. Can't believe I doubted you. (laughs) I didn't know you did doubt me. Yeah, that was secretly. But now, wow, episode 21. Excellent. You've obviously spent the whole season covering football abroad, domestically. Are you looking forward to having a break? It must be quite a a gruelling season doing all this travel. Yeah, I think my wife's more looking forward to it than me. You know, every single Sunday watching three Super League games, it obviously takes its toll. But for me, I love it. And to be honest, maybe I would have been ready for a break if things had panned out as it looked like it was going to, you know, four or five weeks ago. I thought we were looking at a one-horse race. I thought by this point, Copenhagen would have run away with it. Now we just go through the motions. It looked like Horsens and Lingbu were finished. But no, everything, everything's still to play for. It's fantastic. What does your gut tell you about the title race? How do you think it's going to go in the next few weeks? We'll obviously get into the nuts and bolts of it. But if you had to pick a name now, who would you say? Oh, wow. Million-dollar question. You know, the last derby, I mean, what a day that was. It you know, threw up the most unimaginable win for Bronbu that I'm a betting man and if you'd have given me Bronbu and Aggie F double that day, you know, I wouldn't have taken it. I'd rather have kept me 10 kroner. You know, and then obviously that plot thickens and the game Monday, Norseland, they, of course, on that artificial grass, they've figured out, haven't they, the perfect way to pass, exactly where to put the ball, exactly where to move it. And when they've got those runners, they can obviously beat anybody. But obviously this weekend is... I think IGF will beat Norseland, which is a problem because I think the derby can go, I think it's very 50-50, the derby. Yeah, I think that before the derby last weekend, or the weekend before last, the talk was just really around how much FC Copenhagen were going to win. And I think that what this has shown is that Bromby do have the quality when they choose to deploy it to uh, to cause a problem. And Copenhagen are definitely struggling at the moment. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Bromby pull off another victory, as strange as that might sound. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last one in Parken was strange because my neighbour is, he was going to the game, big FC Copenhagen fan, and he was like, today's the day we avenge that 5-0 defeat. Obviously, that happened years ago in Brunbu when they had Michael Laudrup in charge. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that was the feeling. And um, Brunbu's press chief, he was actually, he came to say hi in the press room in Parken before the game. Um, just, you know, they were, he was chatting to some of the guys. And then he made a, he said, but, you know, in football, things change. And just imagine if we were to, say, win 3-0 here today, which, of course, some of my colleagues laughed because, of course, that was unimaginable that, you know, they would win. But maybe that was the problem, that it was kind of a free hit. But tactically, that day, it was absolutely perfect. Everything just went for them. You know, the width, the system, the pressing, the doubling up on Dharami. 
And, you know, you're always dangerous when you've got Vallis. It was just a near-perfect performance, and it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, repeat that again on Sunday. The other competition that has been ticking along nicely in the in the background and o- that also featured a very exciting FC Copenhagen, FC Norgeland battle was the Danish Cup. And I wondered, Liam, could you sort of try and contextualise this for, for English football fans? Is the Cup really important? Is it something, will there be wild celebrations on the street? Is it more FA Cup or more Carabao Cup? Ooh, uh, definitely more Carabao Cup. It does sort of fade into the, you know, the background. I remember years ago, I think, when uh, Olborg won the double and they won 4-2 in Park and against Copenhagen, a full house. It, it That felt like, you know, a, a signature moment, like an FA Cup final. And it was obviously a memorable day, Olborg winning the double. But then other times, it's always full. It's a celebration. It's a big day, you know, but then you have the Corona game and, you know, a cup final in Espia with limited fans. And I'm not sure how it's going to be this time. Of course, Copenhagen are in it, which obviously helps a lot. And you, you know, the bookmaker will say it's a one-sided cup final. It doesn't quite have the glitz and glamour of the FA Cup, but you know, even the FA Cup in England has lost its glamour, hasn't it? It's all about the league system. But if I should say something, I would say the Carabao Cup, you know, it won't define the history of your football club. Given Copenhagen are playing Alborg in the final, there's a, a chance that Alborg could win, get into Europe and be playing in Europe from the first division if they don't if they don't survive. <laughs> that would surely be the first time that's happened. Um yeah. Well first yeah. time it's happened in Denmark. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm pretty right. sure it happened to Wigan in the in the UK. Yeah, and perhaps Middlesbrough maybe. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's obviously a strange one, but it's funny. I think we perhaps touched on this before in a 12-team league. You know, you you, you get so many European spaces. Mm. It didn't yeah. make any sense for me. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be four apparently this year. you bronze in the Super League. Did you know that? You win bronze. You and win bronze. In the Super League, you win bronze. Nobody wins bronze. You finish third. <laughs> Incredible. I quite like the medal system, you know. No, you win it and 11 don't. <laughs> you get a medal for finishing third you know the champions of the first division get nothing a pat on the back congratulations you're the 13th best team in Denmark Next no trophy in the Super League. no trophy no what yeah we've got to, cha- we got to change that a trophy. You, you given know, there's a trophy for El Plastico we need to we need to rectify that yeah I'm sure there isn't you know maybe they have changed something but I remember having this debate a lot because it's infuriates the other thing about the cup final is that it always takes place on a, a public holiday which is normally a Thursday right and it takes place at about 4 p.m in the afternoon on a Thursday which is amazing if you're in Denmark it's not so great if you're uh, if you're at work in the UK well absolutely not but it's only you isn't it you're the only <laughs> man outside of the kingdom of Denmark and I'm still telling people about you now like you, you won't believe this guy Arsenal season ticket holder knows more about Viborg and Rannis than me. Lives in London. <laughs> but I love it, mate. You, you keep it going. Excellent. There's going to be a team coming up next year, probably, next season. They're currently second in the first division. I know we've talked about this before, but their name is spelled H-V-I-D-O-V-R-E. I'm going to challenge you to say the name. I'm going to give it my best go, and someone on Twitter can tell us we're both wrong. I just say it's Viler and that other team where Schmeichel started his career. <laughs> They'll come up. I, oh, right, I'm going to give it a go. Come on. Viloa. Oh, Viloa. All right, you win. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I do win, but I'm still completely wrong. 
Yeah. But the only positive is, you know, they're a Shilland team. So from my selfish, geographical, lazy perspective, it's so much easier to go to their stadium than a Ulan team. So I'm quite happy that they come up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll be good to have some uh, some fresh blood in the league rather than just the same teams going up and down. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Per Franson is the coach. Uh, I do. The former, yeah, the former Bolton player. I do indeed. Let's get into some of the games that have just gone this weekend and it would be remiss to start anywhere else than FC Norgeland 3, FC Copenhagen 2. Before the game, there was inevitably social media drama involving Camel Grabara, but you couldn't see that coming. But um, after the cup game, Emiliano Marcondes had uh, had made some comments and Grabara responded on Twitter by saying, I think you need to take that headband off. The pressure is getting too much on your brain or something like that. And you know, Marcondes was winding up the, the FC Copenhagen fans a bit by stepping on the pitch. And it, it was all get, it was all getting a bit spicy, wasn't it? Yeah, banter. Don't we love it? We absolutely love it. But after the game, didn't they swap? Grabara gave Marcondes the mask. Marcondes gave Grabara his headband. Yeah. I didn't see that, actually. Okay, oh, nice to know it finished, uh, it finished peacefully. But as the game started, or even as the teams came out, I was questioning playing Peter Ankerson over Christian Sorensen. And that I, I think Jakob Niestrup was saying that he wanted to use Jelat's pace on the left so that he could counteract Nuama. But really, that first goal by FC Norgeland, Peter Ankerson was all at sea, really caught out, and ended up getting hooked at half-time. So firstly, do you think that there was a... Do you think there was an issue with the, the selection to begin with? Well, I know what you want me to say because I've seen you're pretty active on Twitter. I thought you were Christian Sorensen's agent. Well, I completely understand and you could see in you know, the second half when he comes in. Of course, it's different attacking threat. I just think it was a bit more of a cautious approach. Ankerson is the better of the two defensively. But yeah, obviously he didn't cover himself in glory. But, you know, what a finish from Fraser, I think you would say it. What a finish. Yeah, it was a rocket, wasn't it? And Yeah, and, um, and Keen Hansen should have scored also. Yeah, there's been a few this season that have been kind of miss of the season contenders, but I think this one is going to take it just because it's about a yard out and, okay, it was on the bounce, but still to clear the crossbar in that situation, oof. <laughs> that was Ronnie oh, Rosenthal-esque, wasn't it? Perhaps, I don't think you see the studios, do you, in the halftime? Um, no. So he was interviewed in the halftime and then he smiled and said, that's why I'm a central defender. <laughs> uh, but of course, that almost came to bite him on the arse, didn't it, when he sticks one in his own net? Well, exactly. And went on to get the three points. Otherwise, there was a meme. And that own goal was uh, obviously after a driven cross by Christian Sorensen. Not, uh, not that I'm saying anything, but I think the pick of the bunch was the, the third FC Norgeland goal. Ernest Nwama, who's just been on fire this season and he did a, a signature Maisie dribble through the defence and then finished on his wrong foot and at that point the game was 3-1 a r- really phenomenal finish I don't think he's going to be sticking around in the league too long but also do you think FC Copenhagen getting a late penalty do you think the scoreline flattered them in the end to me it felt like this was a fairly comprehensive Norgeland victory yeah I think it was a pretty comprehensive victory and as you talk about Noama I mean you know when he's running with the ball I mean, it's absolutely insane. He's probably faster running with the ball than without it. Went to watch him just as soon as he picks it up on the edge of the box in any game and just, you know, he just drives at players, doesn't he? Like Martinelli at Arsenal, you just don't see that that confidence in a, a winger anymore, you know, going that 1v1 and just completely back himself. I mean, look on Copenhagen on their right side, um, that Gonsalves from Benfica. 
when they signed him and I analysed him a few times in the Champions League and seen some clips on Scout, and I thought, Jesus Christ, this guy's far too good for the Super League. And he's been absolutely woeful. Everything goes through Dorami or or not, you know? Closed down Dorami and you've closed down both wings. Yeah, he hasn't shone, has he? And I mean, what do you make of J- Jordan Larson? Because he's another player who came in in January and has had a, a bit of a slow start, but is starting to make the, the starting lineup these days. Do you think he's going to be a player who sticks around after this uh, loan period? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, he was pretty poor in Schalke before. On the half turn, he, you can see there's... You can see this potential, but it just never quite materialises, does it? I remember in Horsens, in Horsens earlier in the season, he had a bit of a cameo. Haraldson had a good game, I remember. I think they won 4-0, if I'm not wrong. But, no, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see the... Not strong enough physically, it looks to me. Mm. It, looks, it looks a bit off the pace. Yeah, I'm also slightly surprised that we're not seeing more from Rooney Bardaji because after the contract was signed earlier this season, you you thought that would be the catalyst that saw him get in the in the team more often. But he's still just making cameos, and and when he does, he does look dangerous. So I, I, that's another one I can't really understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, because of his age, he is so young, so fresh. You know, I used to think all those years ago. I mean, your your superhero, the reason you watch Danish football, Thomas Delaney. I was, you know, it was also like he was saved and he never quite got in. You saw Pep Guardiola with Phil Foden earlier in his career. You're sort of expecting, okay, now he gets a run of games, catapults himself to the next level. It does feel like it's just because he's not the finished product yet, is he? And I mean, if, if they were, as we predicted, eight points clear at this stage and coasting to the title, he would get more minutes. Yeah. But now, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case, is it? Exactly. And I think just to draw a line under this game I wasn't really expecting FC Norgeland to come with the confidence they did and as you said the selection of Angerson for example some of the substitutions during the game it struck me as Copenhagen not being at their most confident self and and really kind of what's the opposite of throwing caution to the wind extracting caution from the rim (laughs) yeah but as you know as I touched on earlier for instance like Mass Bistrup in the midfield just that controlling influence you know, I'm not not that I'm comparing him to you know Scholes or Modric, but you know that player that dictates the tempo, takes the sting out of the game, you know, plays through pressure, just and also the the importance of that grass, like the the way they practice on it, the the absolute weight of pass. Nobody needs to alter their runs, just those small small details. Look like Brighton under Roberto De Zerbi at the moment. Those small details where. You know, it's it's just a simple, it's a ten yard pass that me and you could do, but it's about the weight of it, it's the it's the precision of it, and that allows them to move the ball exactly how they want to do it. And and I think that's something that that small detail we kind of underestimate. But again, you know, in Aarhus, when they go there Sunday, that's back to normal grass, a physical team and they won't have it all their own way, and I expect Aggie have to beat them, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, as we said, Copenhagen have the the derby, so neither team have a, a week off this weekend. And snapping at their heels are two teams, AGF and Viborg, who faced off this last weekend. And l- looking at the table, it surprised me, actually. Only two teams have scored fewer goals than AGF this season, and it's Horsens and Lungby. So the scoreline of AGF 3, Viborg 0 was certainly a surprise. And I have to say, going into this, it felt like it was going to be quite an even game. But looking back on the head-to-head results this season, AGF had won two and drawn one of the three encounters. And 
Of course, Julie notched up a 3-0 win. Patrick Mortensen scored a penalty. You know, there's a surprise. And Mads Emil Madsen with a really nice brace. Both teams now sit four points from top. Should we be seriously considering either of them as title contenders? I think, you know, it's a bit propaganda, isn't it? We're trying to create a three-horse, four-horse race. I don't believe they'll win it. But if IGF do win, perhaps, I mean, you don't know. Right now, they... They're fantastic. Massimil Masson, as you say, is that's the guy Sukabor sold. He's back. He's fantastic. The same way as Bistrup. Uh, Rasmus Falk as well. You know that, that Superliga player that just dips the shoulder, controls, has that elegance about them. It's just lovely to watch. And they, he's created a structure, Uwe Rosler, that seems to work. I mean, almost they almost play with overlapping centre-backs. You know, Bisek, Tobias Mogo, they, they get forward, but, you know, they get cover from Nikolai Poulsen. They... They have energy, they have control. You can see the they do a lot of work on the training ground. And, you know, Patrick Mortensen, death and taxes, you know, he scores goals, doesn't he? And that's what you can guarantee. There's only, only Ivan Tony guaranteed to score from the penalty spot more than him. Do you think I'd still take Mortensen over Tony? No. <laughs> it's crazy, you know how it is in Aarhus. They say the city of smiles, and they're certainly smiling now. They think they'll win bronze. I will say they finished third, but for them, they will say they've won bronze. I'm not even sure that this is a manufactured title title race or three horse race. I think I think that I think one of these teams has a chance. Uh, they're lying in wait. They've got um, perhaps a chance this weekend to to really stake a claim with AGF playing Norgeland. So I could see it happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not out of the question. I think this this year, this is why it's so exciting, you know, as I touched on earlier, because you, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, I expect Copenhagen to win their home games. That's one thing that I assumed was certain going into the business end of the season. Then Bronbu turned up there and, well, completely ripped up that script, didn't they? Absolutely. Ben Buford, I believe it's pronounced on Twitter, suggested Mads Emil Madsen was the signing of the season across the whole Super League. Would you agree with that? Oh, I'm biased though, aren't I? You know, because my of my affection for Silkeborg and that's why I asked you. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's. Oof. I mean, he's obviously what now. He, it started off very slow, didn't it? You know, it seemed you could tell he hadn't played a lot of football, but now he's settled. You can see the touch, the the composure. That you can see the quality. But I think ask me again in four games time. <laughs> <laughs> And what did you make of Viborg in this game? They've given so many teams problems this season. Are they fading towards the end of the season or was this a blip? I just think they met IDF, didn't they, on that day where, like I say, they're tactically superior and just overpowered them. Obviously, Viborg have those threats from from the two wide players and, you know, they have a defensive structure against the ball that works like, you know, they like to press narrow and close off the centre of the pitch against Norseland, for instance. But I just think IGF were just able to rough them up and impose their game on them. And as I say, you know, like those overlapping centre-backs and Bisek and Mulgo, they're, they're often on the edge of the opposition's 18-yard box. They just create overloads. And, you know, when you've got good ball players in the midfield and now that quality, you know, the, the link-up between Dulund and Mikkel Anderson seems to be something that they've manufactured or, you know, improved and... You know, they look strong. They look very, very strong. Fair play to Uwe Rossler as well. You know, he came in with AGF missing relegation by, I think I think it might have even been a point or so. And he's 
injected new life into that squad. He's br- brought in some great signings, and yeah, that they, they look like they look like the AGF of the season before, who who made it into Europe. Yeah, yeah, certainly they do. And again, you know, question marks because he was in Malmo before. And if you don't win the Swedish league with Malmo, there is going to be question marks raised because they're far superior than the rest. But he got his chance, got his chance in always. They're, they're backing him. He's found his system. And yeah, they, they look very, very strong. It's quite it's exciting times. It is indeed. Jack Wilshire picked the wrong season to, uh, to sign up, I think, maybe. At the other end of the table... Alborg faced Horsens in yet another relegation six-pointer with Horsens beginning the game four points clear of safety with both Lungby and Alborg breathing down their necks. The game finished 4-0. Eunice back is the star performer, but the team playing with the same confidence they've carried into the previous handful of games and their position in the table would have been far more comfortable if Lingby hadn't also pulled off their own result as they stunned Micheland with a 2-1 victory. I thought that FC Micheland really didn't look themselves and I don't know what it is about Lingby Stadium but Micheland struggled there earlier in the season and you know they did did so again at the weekend only two shots on target for the visitors and in the end Lingby's fighting spirit was pretty evident contrast to what whatever FCM could muster. Yeah, but I mean, right now, Lungbu, there seems to be an energy. There is a positivity, you know, that was, you know, we're going to shackles off. We're going to go down fighting. And they've, you know, the fans have answered the call and they come in with intensity. You know, of course, they don't have the quality of some of the other teams. And, you know, on paper, they are the 12th best team in the, in the Danish Superliga. But is there anything above that? You know, is a bonus, but they've come. They they're going for it, and obviously Midland are. They're in need of a rebuild, aren't they? A complete revamp. It's but the big thing is this weekend, Lungbu of in Silkeborg, who they haven't laced up their shoes, have they? These Silkeborg players for a long time now. And I'm no sporting director, but when you sell all your best players and you don't replace them, I don't think that's a very good recipe for success. So looking at the fixtures, I think I fancy Lungbu this weekend, and then we are, then we're into, they could survive. Well, I was going to ask you, do you think either team will be safe? And maybe I can throw in a wild card and suggest maybe both Lingby and Alborg will be safe, given Silkeborg's performances. They're officially the worst form team in the league. No wins in their previous eight games. Could they get sucked into this and be? You know, could it be Silkeborg and Horsens that go down? Maybe I don't think Silkeborg will go, but I mean, you say they're in the worst form in the Danish league. They're probably in the worst form of any league. I mean, they've been absolutely woeful. It's a complete contrast to what we were watching last year. The European football's taken its toll, as you say, and all those players have gone. And you know, they believe, don't they, that there's worse teams than them? Of course, there is. They will not be going anywhere. And Olborg, obviously, they are. They're the superior of those bottom three that we talk about. And, you know, as much as Horsens, it is funny when Horsens pick up results with their their style of play, you know, reminiscent of the famous Stoke City back in the day, winning football games with limited possession. And Horsens have always had that stigma. So if I could choose a team to go down, it would be them. I'd very much like Lungbu to stay up again. That's just because of my complete Sheerland bias. But Olborg obviously are, you know, a famous football club. Former cricket club, so and they play in red and white. <laughs> so Oldborg don't belong where they are, I and mean, hopefully they can fix that. 
Yeah, I, th- I think they're finding they're finding their momentum just about at the right time. They moved Theo Sander back to the bench, took some of the heat off him. The players like Alan Souza and even Eva Fossum popped up with a goal this weekend. That was a, a throwback name to, to last season, someone who was who was killing it. And yeah, he's yeah fit- positions, it was fantastic. And by the way, Alan Souza, I still haven't forgiven him for that Penenka. I hate <laughs> that. Put your foot through it. it it's a golden rule. Just put your foot through it. And then if you hit the crossbar, it goes over fine. Or the keeper saves it. I don't want to see that. Not in those high state games. This is what I said last week, that I think maybe it was a double bluff that the keeper would think it's such such a high stakes situation. He's not going to risk penenkering it here. And then he does. So may, maybe he's outsmarted him. It's, you know, it, it is a bit of a game of chess or poker yeah, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I remember... Emilio Martinez, he, I just heard him on a podcast, you know, the Aston Villa Argentina goalkeeper. And he had a rule before the game where he told the players, as soon as I save a penalty, the next one must go down the middle because the other goalkeeper is under pressure because the stakes are so high that he will choose a side. And that's the same way for Alan Souza. The goalkeeper had made the decision, I've got to dive. I've got to pick a side and hope I get it right. And then he sticks it down the middle. Hindsight, funny old thing, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. But you've been in this uh, in this game a little while, in the Superliga game. Has there ever been a more exciting finish to the season in terms of, you know, we've got four teams within four points at the top of the table. We've got three teams fighting it out for relegation. There's two teams who could win the, the relegation group. It feels like there's action all around the table right up to the last minute. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I say when you asked me before, you know, am I, am I ready for, for the break? But not really because it's just so exciting. So just great, isn't it? You know, and there's also games Friday, Sunday, Monday. Then you've got these cup games during the week. It's just constantly, constantly flowing. Every, you know, cliche, but every game's a big game. But regarding, is it the most exciting? I'm not really sure, to be honest. I think it's always been exciting for me when, like now we have Norseland, let's say, that are the most likely, other than Copenhagen, to win it. The time Norseland won it before, the time Olborg won it. Not so much Midland because of the whole, you know, they're not a famous historical football club. But I enjoyed when Copenhagen kind of get taught some manners, you know, because they are the big powerhouse. And it's nice when a team like Olborg, you know, pips them to the title. So I'm not, I enjoyed the time Yulman's Norseland won the league. But I don't, I'm not sure if maybe this is the most exciting because, as you say, for. Four games to go, is there, and four teams can win it. Yeah, perhaps you're right. So I was thinking, if Norseland won the league, would this be the first time where we've had four seasons with four different Superliga winners? Uh, and I thought I'd landed on a killer stat, but looking back on it, it has actually happened before. Uh, 98-99 when Albor won it. Then the next season, a team who I can't pronounce, <laughs> Herfel. Oh, Herfelia, but that's Hobie Coo now. Okay, well, they won it the next season and then FC Copenhagen and then Bromby. So it has happened where you've had four teams in four years, but it's pretty unusual. And I think it would be a massive sign of the strength of the Superliga and just how competitive it is if that were to happen. What I can tell you for sure is that if Lungby and Horsens go down, it will be the first time that both promoted teams have gone straight back down, which is a surprising one, but uh, that is uh, fact. Yeah, that's quite interesting. That well, that would suggest that we're creating a gulf that we see, like in England, for for example. You know, the the gap is just 
just a little too big. But when Viola come up, they will not be going down next year. They're a good side. Yeah. Have you watched much of them this season? Um, yeah, bits I have. Yeah, they're a good side. They get a big crowd and they have good players. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having Raul Albentosa back in the league. He was, uh, he was a big presence and uh, I'm glad he stuck around there in the first division to help them back. And he seems to be yeah, turning into a bit of a cult hero there. Oh, yeah. He's Tony Adams of Viola, isn't he? <laughs> There's your nickname. Yeah. Um, Who wouldn't love a pint with him? Hey, it might happen sooner rather than later. We've touched on some of the games coming up this weekend. Obviously, the big one is the Derby Sunday afternoon. You're going to that one, I believe. Yeah, I'll be at the Derby. I will be making the analysis for Onside. Exciting. No away fans again? Yeah, is this the last one without the away fans? I really hope so. I went to the the first derby of the season and there were away fans there and it definitely added to the atmosphere. So yeah, it's a, it's a, we've said this before, but it's a, it's a shame not to have away fans. Hopefully this is the last time and hopefully they can find a way to, to make sure it's the, it's the last time uh, that, that they play it with just one set of fans, but I'm not overly confident. No, it's a shame because we want to create this cauldron, don't we? This is what competition is, what football's about. You know, I mean, obviously the weekend, did you see River Bocker? I mean, I can understand why they don't have fans there. Yeah, you know? I did see it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different level. The Copenhagen derby should have supporters from both sets of clubs there. Learn to behave yourself, go there, support your club, you know, and create an atmosphere. Put, put Denmark on the map so more people like you get used to these big games because it's a massive game. It's the biggest game in Scandinavia. I agree. And we've said it before, but as ever, it's the, you know, the actions of a few dozen people at most that spoil it for the thousands of away fans that normally travel. So yeah, it's a, it's a shame. And hopefully it's the last one we go again next season. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, the percentages, obviously the argument is a bit flat because Bronby just won 1-0 in Parkham without fans. But, you know, to be there with you, you know, you're supporting your team, the players, the club, the club that represent you as fans, if you can give them a better platform and you can give them the support, that's that should be the priority. Not throwing bottles and trying to, you know, have a fist fight with your mates. Yeah, absolutely. And a recent guest on the podcast, Mate Delach, put a tweet out the other day talking about the the, the recent Horsens game where they played uh, played at Alborg and said, "Hold my hands up, we weren't good enough on the pitch." But what I didn't appreciate was being pelted with food by the by the Alborg fans, and you know. To, to lose 4-0 and be getting pelted by, from the stands, it's just not on, is it? No, no, of course not. Not what you want to see, is it? It's also the Superliga. There's a reason, isn't there, that all the games are at different times. Yes, for the TV, but then you can go with your family. It's early on a Sunday. Some of the games, it's supposed to be, it's about family, isn't it? Awesome. Well, listen, Liam, we've got lots of football still to go. Four rounds of action and the cup final and then the Euro playoff as well, which uh, shouldn't be forgotten because that's going to be the, depending on the winner of the cup, it'll probably be the fourth place team playing the top team from the relegation group. So that's uh, an extra layer of drama. There's nothing more deserved of a European place than a team finishing seventh out of 12, is there? Uh, I, I can I can hear the cynicism in your voice, but I quite like it. <laughs> Creates another big game, doesn't it? Another it does. game, that, you know, that means something. Exactly, Liam. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for coming back on the show, back by popular yeah. demand. And 
enjoy the last few weeks of the season enjoy a much deserved rest afterwards and yeah hopefully i will see you in the flesh in uh, in denmark before too long yeah when are you back any plans i'm still in negotiation phases but i i would like to try and catch one of the first few rounds in the summer you know when the sun's coming down you can still wear shorts and t-shirts and yeah that would be my ideal plan so if i can if i can wangle something then you'll be the first name on my list well denmark's changed mate in july you need your winter coat now (laughs) i'll come prepared whatever the weather good weeks in the end of the end of june that'll be it fantastic thanks so much and uh, i'll catch you over the summer yeah take it easy mate see you (laughs) 